All right. You might be able to hear the wind in the background. It's whipping out there. Can't do much about that. We're just going to roll with it. Uh, I want to talk about um, some lessons I've learned in my relationship to myself and my relationship to my children. So I was praying the other day and I recognize I might lose some people there. Um, I myself grew up in an agnostic home. We didn't have a lot of spiritual practice. And most of the interactions I had with people of varying religions were awkward and uncomfortable. So I grew up with a strong disposition to words like church, prayer, God, all of these things. I had this, this, you bring it up and it just completely shut me off. So if, if that is you, if you're in, in that place, please just hang in here. It's going to be a couple seconds and then we're going to be into the, you know, the meat and potatoes of what I'm trying to convey here. But I'll also caveat and say, if you're watching this video on this particular channel, then I would imagine that at some point in your adult life or in your life at all, you've had some experience of a connection to conspiring with some divine force um, and, and, and supernatural things might have occurred as a result. So, and this is where I'm essentially at, and I recognize that, and so I use prayer as a way of um, intentionally creating that connection to help further guide myself in my life when I don't have an idea of what I'm supposed to be doing, or to even just check myself, you know, and make sure that my heart and head are in the right place, and also to be grateful. That's what I'm still working on, but that's a part of it as well. In this, in this particular instance, I was praying because I needed clarity. Uh, as I've mentioned in previous videos, I've been working through some what feels like some deep healing, and it's been bringing up a lot of internal battles. And more recently, the battles have been within me have been so strong that I have not literally had no desire to be around my kids. And, and, it, and for weeks, it's been hard for me to even say that out loud because I already judge myself for that. It's like, we can't, you can't say that. That's not, that's not right. You're supposed to want to be around your kids. You're supposed to want to be a good father. Well, that's the point of this whole video. I want to be around my kids, yet consciously, I had no desire for it. And if you, if you didn't watch the first video I made on how to ground your children or calm a chaotic home, spoiler alert, um, the main, the first step in that is to calm yourself and work with what's chaotic within you. And as I'm going through this process, there are times where I have no idea how to hold the energy that's like, that's pumping through me as I tap into it and try to work on my own healing. And so when my kids come home from school and they bring all that energy, they're both in elementary school and they bring all that energy home, there's a part of me that's like, no. I'm not about it. I can't handle this. Too much is going on in here that I'm dealing with myself. And now y'all are bringing this, not doing it. And I don't like to be that way. I want to be with my kids and I want to have daily, uh, daily connection with them. And so I, I said something like, uh, I'm, I'm, I need, I need help with, uh, healing and clarity because my children need me. I don't know how I said it exactly, but I know I said, because my children need me. 
And this is the interesting part about vocally uh, praying or setting intentions. Uh, when I said that, because my kids need me, there was this small echo in the back of my head that said, no, they don't. And that was so strange to hear. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like trying to, to build myself up, to get clarity, to be a great dad. My kids need me. And then I hear this voice that says, no, they don't. And it was like a, it was like biting a lemon. It was so sour as this thing landed in my mind that I almost couldn't handle it. But I sat through the discomfort and this simple reality, <laughs> the simple reality uh, occurred to me that they really don't need me. All right, stay with me. They don't need me like they need oxygen, for instance. If, if you don't have air, then you can live for moments, minutes, right? My kids don't need me like that. Although a father is an, an incredibly important role and uh, relationship for a child and not having a father can leave a significant void in their life, they're not, they're not going to cease to exist if I'm not around. And I think this was so bitter and sour as it landed because I was holding myself as this like Superman that needed to be just impeccable, incredible, 110%. And it was very humbling to, to get this realization that they don't need me. They have their mother, they have their grandparents, they have their cousins, their aunts, their uncles, their friends that they have now and the friends that they'll create. And as human beings, they are resilient and they will find a way to survive by any means necessary. So they don't need me. And the other part of this realization that truly started to shift myself, uh, shift my philosophy or my perspective around this was, um, although they don't need me, my presence with them is an irreplaceable gift. So I hope you can see the, the change I'm trying to distinguish uh, here. They don't need me, right? I'm not so important that if I'm, if I'm weak or absent in some way, um, it's going to ruin them and, and they're going to die. However, my, my role in their life is incredibly important and powerful. And it allowed me to bring more compassion to uh, my personal experience in regards to how well I'm doing as a father and how I judge myself as a father. Um, where if, if my children need me like oxygen, then I have to drop every everything that might detract from me being with them sacrifice any anything going on within me sacrifice the needs of my time in order to be with them which in my opinion as i as i grow as a man and as a father is an extremely unhealthy way to interact with them and i moved from that place to the place that my presence in their life is a gift and the question then becomes, how do, I, how do I grow that gift in a way that helps them to continually expand in their lives? And there was this 
this bit of separation that I was able to create um, in my relationship to them. And and if so, I go back to this place where I'm healing, right? And something's going on within me. If they don't need me, then it's okay if I have to detract some sort of resource from them in order to take care of myself. It's okay if I need to detract some amount of time from them in order to take care of myself so that I can be the gift of, of a father um, that they deserve and need actually need in their life. Oh, should I even be saying that? Um, I think you get the point that I'm trying to make. And so in in this realization, I had some lessons that have continually come up in my life that really solidified for me. And I just want to take a few minutes now to transition to how this need versus gift has had an impact on the opportunity I have um, to be a human being with my children and not be some um, enormous superhero in every single moment. God forbid we show up and we're only at 80%, 15% even, you know, some days where we, we just don't have a lot in the tank. So uh, the first thing that the first rule, uh, for lack of a better word or lesson, I guess, that came up here is um, to show up and meet your children and to meet my children where they are. And the other piece of this is to show up and meet myself where I am. Okay, so one of the pressures I put on myself as a father is that I've constantly got to be tuning into how good of a human being my child is being and then make adjustments in the way that I'm interacting with them so that I can tailor them and better, you know, knit them up and, and tie them up and button them up or whatever uh, to be the perfect human being so that they're, you know, patient, kind, courageous and persevere in life. Gosh, what a weight to put on your shoulders. And so to show up, not to change your kid, but to, to just be with them. And, and trust me, these lessons are also going to translate across the board in every relationship. Um, but that also means to show up where I am. Okay, so there's a separation occurring. And this is going to uh, adjust the rules of engagement. So one issue I've had as a father is creating consistency in the relating process with my children. But what I've come to understand that the rules of engagement are different every time because they're in a different place and I'm in a different place every time we interact. Yes, there are some similarities, but there are times where they're low and I'm high or I'm low and they're high, you know, and all of the various uh, places in between. An example of this would be the other night I came home, I have I'd been working all day and I have one hour with my kids before bedtime and I really want to be with them yet I don't want to be with them because of the amount of energy they're bringing. And so I, I had to slowly and patiently set and articulate boundaries, you know, and, and these aren't boundaries that I've, <laughs> to, to make this short, a lot of the ways that my children act are ways that I've let them act with me. And so, you know, one of my kids is like putting their hands in my face and I had to recognize that they're being them and I'm being me and I have to, in this moment, set a boundary and say, hey, I don't want you to put your hands in my face. Very calmly, very clearly, boom, it stopped. 
And then they're jumping on me. And I'm like, actually, you know, I don't want you jumping on me right now. And in fact, I, I really don't want to be touched right now. But I stayed with them, right? I let them be them. I let me need what I needed. And I met them in the middle and I set the rules for engagement. And what happened, because I didn't close up and I didn't um, make them wrong for the way that they were acting, but I was very clear in the boundaries, the, the game that was being played or the interaction that we were having started to separate in a way that I actually wanted to be there, wanted to be with them. And and they brought all of themselves even in the in the game we ended up playing this game where we're on the couch and this pillow is the boundary between us like and this is what my my children were creating it's not even like i was trying to teach them boundaries but by teaching them boundaries that's what happened our game became about boundaries and if i crossed the pillow then <laughs> then the pillow would move closer to me and i would have less space on the couch to <laughs> to operate which as i say this now is so funny and so beautiful that that's how the interaction went but i didn't show up to to change you know the way the way my children were acting or how they were being or who they were being um, I didn't put the pressure on myself to need to make them anything. And I didn't put the pressure on myself to be anything in particular. I just met myself where I was. And then I, as the adult um, who's taking care of themselves, set the rules for engagement. And they happily, playfully worked within that realm. So that was the first um, the first lesson that I, that I was able to stabilize in this switch from need to gift. Uh, the other th the other piece was oftentimes I will look at my kids and I always want to take credit for I think we all do this as parents we want to take credit for the great things they do we see them you know talking to a kid on the playground and we're like oh look how calm and kind and patient and fun my kid is it's all me like I'm such a good parent and then you know it, the, the opposite is true. If they do something that, that we disapprove of in some way, then we can start to bring shame and guilt into ourselves about what we're lacking as a responsible parent. And, and within me, the way this interacts is I will then, at times, if I do this unconsciously, start to shape them in some way, start to force them into the characteristic that I want them to inhabit because they weren't showing it. But the way that has been more successful as I take my need to make them anything, need to be something to shape them, as I take that away and offer myself as a gift, I realize that the better way to do this is to look at the opposite, uh, the opposing positive characteristic that I want for them to have. When I notice something that I may disapprove of, I think of the positive characteristic that I would rather them have, and I recognize the places I need to work on that in myself. And I don't, I don't, I don't say this to be like a virtue signal, signaling thing. I say this because when I do that in my experience, they shift. And quite frankly, it can happen in a moment. When I take on those qualities, it naturally, organically starts to to um, transfer into their system somehow. And then, of course, we're we're modeling it, whether it's energetically or in the way that we speak, act, walk, and talk. Um, so that's the second thing. The third thing that I wanted to note here is um, it's okay to have 
processing conversations after um, after the chaos. <clears throat> and so when things are, are challenging and I'm at less than 100%, I expect myself to have the perfect, most wise intellectual statements to say to my children that will change the course of their life forever. And that's such an unrealistic expectation to have of ourselves as parents. And uh, I realize I don't need to be Superman in every moment and fix everything for them. So the point I want to make here is sometimes we only have to be there for their experience. Whatever it is, happy, excited, be there for that. Sad, angry, be there for that. Be there for that as best as we can. And, and oftentimes when they're in those emotional places, the processing isn't even possible. So it's okay to save the processing. In fact, it's probably um, better in many situations to save the processing for another time. What that means is once the emotional uh, charge has subsided, we have to have an intention of then visiting the conversation and staying with it. Um, to do some processing. And these can be very light conversations. They don't have to be super directed and um, condescending in any way. They can just be, huh, what do you think about this? Or, you know, how could we have done this differently? But it's okay to save those processing conversations for later. You do not have to be Superman and know what to do or how to handle anything in every situation. I think that's everything I wanted to cover in this video um, I know I left some things out, but as always, if, if there are things that are conflicting within you, I'd love for you to put that in the comments or send me a message because I think that dialogue is going to be healthy and important for both of us. It might bring things to mind for me that I, I didn't recognize I might be missing, and it also could um, offer uh, evolution in your personal thought. And then, you know, if you had insights uh, in listening to this, that's another thing I'd love for you to put in the comments. Um, <clears throat> as a way of you solidifying in word, in your own words how this made sense to you so that you can then take it into your life and utilize it. Um, if, you, if you liked the video, if this was helpful, if you're here now, I'd love for you to like it um, and subscribe to the channel if you want to continue hearing stuff. But other than that, thank you so much. Until next time.